Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6, a little bonus show this week. I'm on tomorrow also from 12 to 2 and next week from 12 to 2 and Saturday from 5 to 6. So, uh, but I feel very fortunate that we had extra time today. Sometimes my shows get very short when I compete with UGA Sports because there is a very important I would say possibly critically important change in the uh, voting laws coming through the pipe. I So I invited my favorite activist, Garland Favrito, VoterGA.org. Let me see if I can. Can you hear me, Garland? Garland, can you hear me? You have got me, Monica. Right. Thank you for having me on. You're my favorite talk show host. Oh, that's super sweet. And I know you like Binkley also. Binkley's going to help me get to the bottom of this issue. So say hello to Binkley. Great. Okay. It's going to be hard to do because it's a complicated issue, and there's so much disinformation out there. But we'll try to shift, shift through it all today. Yeah, so this is what I want to do. Normally you're on just for one segment, but I'm going to keep you on as long as we need to. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. People need to understand, like, this to me is the only way we're going to kick the can and preserve some control over this uh, supposedly limited government is to have voter integrity. So Binkley and I, it was complicated. I looked at your slides from the com- that you put before the commission or the committee the other day, and I can't say that it was crystal clear to me. So you're going to have to explain it to us in the way that people who really don't know what's going on uh, need. So why don't you launch it? What What's the issue? What, what's yeah, the issue? so the current, Monica, the current system that we have is what we call the DREs, direct recording electronic de- devices. And they cannot, it ver- you, you as a voter cannot verify that the um, machine recorded your vote correctly. The election officials cannot audit the machines. And the, when you do a recount, it just reprints the previous unverifiable result because they can't recount it right. I've got to just ask you a question. I mean, if there is absolutely no way to audit an election, how could you possibly know whether the election was valid or not? You can't, Monica. There is no way to know because there is no paper ballot audit trail for the machines. And they removed the law that required an independent audit trail. Um, and before they bought the machines, so, so they could I, buy the machines. I have to ask them. So when I think back of the biggest kind of election crisis we ever had, it was George Bush's hanging Chad, <laughs> which sounds a little funny. But um, so so the reason we could resolve that election, whether it was accurate or not, but at least. Well, I mean, maybe that begs the question, like, is there any hope? But they had, and what that big hullabaloo was, they went back and audited the election, right? 
Exactly, Monica. And, and we've always felt that was a good thing. They had the paper records to go back to. Now, those were punch card systems. And of course, we're not recommending anything like that today. But, but absolutely, you need a durable paper record that you can recount. So what do you recommend? Um, well, we, there, there, are two, there are two schools of thought right now that are under consideration. One is what they call a ballot marking device, and that is a touch screen that um, it, it, it allows you to print a paper ballot, unlike the existing system today. And then that paper ballot is fed into the scanner and tabulated. So wait, you it, personally as the voter can print it out? Yeah, that's option number one, which was you would print the, the ballot out and you would scan it in to the scanning system. So you could verify it yourself. It. I'm not saying it's as good as writing it down on your own piece of paper, but you could look at it with your own eyeballs on the piece of paper. You can look at it with your own eyeballs, yes. Um, now, there's some issues about the fact that whether or not it's really auditable. The experts have concluded that it's not really auditable because you have to have a source document that is uh, created personally by oh, the because they and, could and independently yes. of the machine. Because if the machine prints the thing out, you don't know if it was printed later or pr printed a duplicate at the back, if it didn't have your actual marking on it, right? That's right, and you, you can't audit what the machine showed to the voter and what the voter selected. Got it. So if the machine left off a race or something like that, right. you have no way to know. Right. So that's option number one. We call it ballot marking device. Option number two is just to, to hand mark the ballots exactly the same way that you do on an SAT test in school. And then the, then the voter would scan that ballot into the scanner. And from the back-end system, the two methods are exactly the same. So the only question is, how do you mark the ballot? Let me ask you a question. When you fill in the SAT thing, if you did a complete jumbled mess and drew cartoons on the edges and everything and you jammed it into the machine, would it tell you that it was not validly marked? Yeah, the, the scanners, that's a great question. The scanners can, are set to detect overvotes, for example. Right. So let's suppose you pick two candidates in one race. The scanner will kick that uh, ballot out and give you the opportunity to correct it. Okay, so like the hanging chad thing where votes were ambiguous is less likely to happen when you have a scanner like this because it won't accept ambiguous voting. Well, right. All the modern scanners have that kind of verification right. on them, which we didn't have 20 or yeah, so I'm just, years ago. I'm just trying to, that would be my only concern with why they, the only argument I can imagine to not want hand-marked ballots is that they can't be read properly or, you know, they. so it, that satisfies me. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that is the argument that comes up quite often. And uh, But with the modern equipment, pretty much... Uh, takes care of that. Okay, so so those are the two options, hand-marked and the ballot. And what mm. I know there, so you believe, and you, w just give us a, a quick one sentence about your qualifications and experience in assessing this stuff. 
Okay, so I have been, um, I've got about 40 years of information technology experience and 16 years of research uh, into these uh, systems that we are, the actual voting system in Georgia. Okay, so... And, and, and Monica, let me add one more thing. Within those two options, uh, I forgot to tell you, there's some additional questions about what type of ballot marker should we buy? Should it have barcodes and that sort of thing? And then what? How, when do you print the ballot on a hand-marked paper ballot? Do you have to pre-print or just print on demand in the precinct? So within those two options... Those also are considerations, but the main t- the main issue is which type of the two should we have. Okay, so regardless of cost, in your expert opinion, which method do you prefer? Well, it's actually, uh, I've been swayed by the real experts. We have cybersecurity experts and audit, audit uh, people, and they are all insisting that you cannot audit a ballot marking device printout uh, properly because of the source document issue. It's not an original source document created independently of the machine, personally by the voter. Therefore, there is no actual record that can be used for an audit purpose. So they are arguing and very effectively that uh, you really cannot audit those, and therefore you should, they should not be purchased. So it feels to me like if you can't audit it, it's a matter of faith that the election was good. You have to assume that there's nobody crooked getting away with something crooked. Uh, well, exactly. It, it's, um, I mean, you... It's or not... even error, right? Because it wasn't there big... There was, which we talked about on the show before... Real concerns with the 2016 election here because clearly the voting system was hackable and it was hacked, you know, nefariously or not. It was hacked by the person who discovered the vulnerability. And there's no now we have not gone back and re and audited that election. But this would say that you could never. Yeah. And that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because there was no attempt to even find out what data was hacked and what the risk was and everything else. And instead, they just um, deleted all the data (laughs) and claimed that that was standard procedure, uh, which is not because I've been in the business for 40 years, and that's definitely not standard procedure to delete all the data before you figure out, you know, what your exposure was. I read your criminal complaints against or whatever filing you made and the argument behind it against Brian Kemp for doing that and for his office claiming that it was normal procedure, which it wasn't. We have previous shows uh, at propagandareport.libsyn.com for of that. Maybe I'll tweet later what if people want to review that. We can't go back to that. But uh, but yes, yeah, so you mm-hmm. want stuff audited because bad because things happen and questions arise. Right, and, and, and Monica, sure. what's interesting about that is the legal counsel who produced the, that that phony report is also the legal counsel who's done all the work on this bill, House Bill three sixteen. Oh, really? Okay, so so is there so now what is being recommended, House Bill three sixteen, which uh, passed the what's the status of that right now? Yeah, it passed the House. Uh, it was kind of ramrodded through by the Speaker's leadership team. Um, House Bill 316 did not have a single Republican or Democrat sponsoring that bill other than the leaders 
of David Ralston's uh, leadership team. And that's it went through, and now it sits in a Senate uh, ethics uh, committee, subcommittee, which we will have for elections, which will um, hear on Monday. Okay. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want you to tell us what House Bill 316 says and where it's headed and uh, and just continue. I think we're going at the right pace. So let's just take a break and um, get to the the meat of that matter after this. Thank you, Garland. This is Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. <laughs> On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I don't think anybody got the prize pack. Let's try again. The drop was Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, my favorite boxer, the guy who got robbed by the machine. Oh, that's who it was. Binkley, you know darn well. He's my favorite boxer. Uh, so let me read you the prize pack. It's a pair of tickets to see Casey and the Sunshine Band Thursday, March 14th at Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com and the Cobb Energy Center box office. First to call, just the first person to call, 404-741-0750 gets the tickets. So I'm going back to Garland Favorito of Voter GA because we are talking about a very important piece of legislation that is, uh, it used his words, being ramrodded through the system. So I wanted to uh, get to Garland. What? So this is HB 316, and it's going to, it's in the Senate. Is it still in the Senate Ethics Committee? Is that where it is? Yeah, that's exactly right, Monica. And it was ramrodded through in about a week's time. Now, this is a huge bill, uh, 48 sections. And it was, it went through all the committees and the House in a week. Wow. Un- How many of. hearings were there? Could people go and stand up? Were oh, you there? yes. And we had two days of hearings with people uh, unanimously objecting to the bill. Wow. But the committee just basically ignored us and passed it anyway. All right, well, let me, uh, I'm going to keep you on after the next break because I want to take calls and I want people to know how they can at least try to slow this thing down. So let's, first of all, if people want to call, it's 404. Uh, call the regular number, 404-872-0750 or 800-WSB-TALK if you want to ask Garland to um, understand this better. But where, if people want to be a part of this or at least try to slow it down, what should they do? Where should they go? When? Well, one of the things they could do is ask for a fiscal note. This is going to be a $350 million total expenditure, and there's no fiscal note on it. There's no analysis of of the financial figures behind it. We have done our own analysis, and we have the best and most detailed figures so far of what the actual costs are for both options. And which which is a better... Which, how do the costs compare? So the the ballot marking devices will cost Georgia taxpayers an extra hundred million dollars, and uh, that's on the initial purchase, and then another oh, ten million on the initial per year purchase. extra on top of that. Oh, how much extra a year? Ten million uh, oh. statewide. I thought that three fifty was over the whole term. Well, well, yeah. So it is over the whole term. So, so oh, it's a hundred million up front. Here's the Got way it. it breaks down, Mark. A yeah. hundred and fifty million for the initial investment of the ballot marking devices. 
Then about fifteen million a year for ten years uh, for maintenance and testing of these twenty seven thousand devices, which are basically unnecessary. Right. Versus fifty million and five a year for the hand marking one, which you prefer anyway. It, exactly, and the and they're going to float a bond to buy these the ballot marking devices, and the interest on the bond alone is $50 million, which would cover the purchase of the handmarked paper ballot. So, so a fiscal note would do this analysis officially, right? So you don't people don't have to take your word for it, but they do have to ask that this analysis be done? Is that what the fiscal note is? Yes. For something of this magnitude, it should be legally required, particularly when there's going to have a burden on the counties. How can um, people ask for that? Do they call... Well, yeah, I think that they could call, um, I, you know, I would start with the governor myself, um, Governor Kemp at 404-656-1776. But then you could also call the Senate, uh, the president pro tem there is Butch Miller, and uh, we can get those numbers for you. I'll have them in a minute. And what about, and, is there and, another hearing tomorrow that's open to the public? I mean, on Monday? Y- yes. Yes, there is, and that's that's one the one that I, we hope everybody will show up for. We're only going to have about forty five minutes of testimony in this particular hearing. We're expecting them to to continue to a third day. There's so many people that are outraged by this, and they all have different uh, perspectives and very articulate with their comments. So, and even if people don't want to speak, I just feel like putting the numbers of people there so they know that they're not going to get away with just ramrodding it through the Senate as well. Exactly, and they and you can always give your time to some of the folks that are equipped to. Okay, we got to the numbers. We've got to take another break. That's. Um, we're going to talk about the where and when, and you can also call uh, Garland right now, 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I wonder if I asked people who that was, I think I would have gotten quite a big response on the prize pack. We'll do that next time. Uh, tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow between 12 and 2. So uh, I have on the phone my favorite local activist, Garland Favorito, uh, addressing my what I consider to be the most meaningful thing we can do uh, to at least kick the can down the road and preserve a little bit of the American system by ensuring or reinstituting uh, some voter integrity. I remember I had Jerry Henry on the phone, who's from Georgia Carey, Org, and he said that when they established Georgia Carey, there were, I think Georgia was ranked 44th in Second Amendment rights, which surprises people because you would think that we'd be stronger. And through their efforts, I believe it's up to like third or fourth. Garland, uh, hello again. Thank, thank you for hanging on. I, aren't we terribly ranked as far as voter integrity in Georgia right now still? We are the worst state in both uh, voting systems and in uh, ballot access. Wow. So let's try to turn that around. I want to see the, the kind of results that Georgia Carey got for voter integrity. And I think uh, the only thing I know that I can do to help is try to get the word out when you have a call to action, which would be, for starters, I think, if people come on Monday at 9 a.m., 
in Atlanta to the State Senate Committee Room, CLOB 307. Is that how people say it? Is that in the Capitol building? Yeah, that's right. It's actually called it's the Coverdale uh, Legislative Office Building. It's named after Paul Coverdale, and it's right across the street. Right, okay, because I, I knew that some of the committee rooms are in the Capitol, but it's not in the Capitol. That's right, so okay. it's, but it's the, the adjoining building. All right, so that's Monday at 9 a.m., and uh, if you can't make it, call your, you said to call the governor, I thought the state senator, but you said the governor or who? Well, yeah, the state state senator would be great, uh, too. That's Kay Kirkpatrick. All right, so, and the number one thing is to ask for a fiscal note. We need to analyze the the costs and comparative costs of i mean just to recap for people right now uh they are voting on or um they're going to implement a new system of voting in georgia one the two competing systems are a ballot marking device which does not have which where you vote you vote on the screen and there's never an original document that you yourself have marked versus the hand-marked version, which is, you think, better because it's actually auditable, and the experts say the ballot marking device is not auditable, and it's far cheaper. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And on, di- on top of that, it's not prone to hacking. You- so you can't uh, hack a, a hand-marked paper ballot. And I'm not just like... I. I'm not trying to push your cause. I have for a long, long time been convinced that you absolutely have to have paper ballots. Once that's gone, we're living in like a dystopian <laughs> pretend world where it's it's as if you're rubbing the belly of the Buddha and hoping, you know what I mean? Like you go into a closed room and you press a button on a screen and they're just like, your vote has been recorded. I just, I'm not convinced by that. I want to write it down and I want them to have to produce it and count it in a big pile. I mean, I feel like you could write it down on a little piece of paper and put it in a shoebox and everybody walks the shoebox down to the Capitol, and they open the shoebox, and I watch people counting it. Like, I'm okay with that, but yeah. I'm not okay with we, the screen. We call it faith-based voting or uh, Wizard of Oz voting. Give your vote to the man behind the curtain, and he'll record it for you. I love that. Wizard of Oz voting is the best. So uh, I would like to take some calls, open this up to calls, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, but I don't want to get uh, ahead of you, Garland. What... Uh, you know, I heard, I, I heard, first of all, I want to just make clear, these these systems are used for all elections, state, county, municipal, and federal, or not? Right. They would be all uh, elections. Now, the municipalities have some leeway not to use them if they choose not to, but most of them do because the state pays for the equipment. Okay. And uh, um, one thing I heard, I feel like it was an ad or what, where... A lawmaker said that 75% of the voters in Georgia want the ballot marking device, which seems weird to me anyway, because, like, are 75% of the voters in Georgia really have a strong opinion about it, really educated about it? So why would that mean? I'm so glad you mentioned that, because that's the example of disinformation that's been floating around here. The actual poll that was conducted by the AJC showed that 55% of the people prefer hand-marked paper ballots. The, that particular poll was conducted by the uh, the campaign manager of Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, uh, Mark Roundtree. Who's really and, into it, because I went to the Secretary of State's page, and it's all promoting this. 
Exactly. And as another example of the false information that's floating around, they um, have out there the cost of paper ballots being higher than the cost of the ballot marking machines, even though you would need uh, 27,000 of them that you would not need for paper ballots, for for hand-marked ballots. So, okay. so it's the uh, analysis is crazy out there. So, let me, uh, just to give you a couple of examples of misinformation that the Secretary of State is promoting, and that's its elections director, Chris Harvey. But he would his analysis is used a figure of fifty five per fifty five cents per ballot. The actual expenditures, for example, in Cobb County are twenty eight percent per ballot, and then he used a, a number that's four to eight times more ballots than you would actually have to. Okay, so this is why we need a fiscal note. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that FreedomWorks did a great job. They summed up that and they said, you took the uh, Chevrolet and you added up all the maintenance for 15 years, and then you claimed that it was more expensive than a Bentley. Interesting. So Freedom yeah, that's suggested. exactly what they yeah. did. Okay. And here's the last thing, and then we've got full bank of calls, so let's get through those. But okay. uh, just my last thing was, is there any media coverage at these committees? Do you uh, – sometimes yeah. you get some media coverage. Um, yes, there is. Uh, WABE covers it. AJC covers it. Um, occasionally the AP will cover it. And right, once so, in a while, the TV networks will show up. All right, that would be but great. Let's, uh, let's tweet covers, it. But they don't really get into the real details the way that your show gets into them, Monica. Ah, thank you. Well, if you tweet at me of um, if we want to alert uh, those outlets, other outlets, and you tweet at me now, maybe we can get a little something viral going, especially on Twitter. I'm at, at Monica Perez Show. Let's, mm-hmm. And you're at Voter GA, at Voter GA. Yeah. So, uh, let's let's get to some calls. You ready, Garland? I am ready. All right, let's go. Diane, you are on with Monica, Binkley, and Garland. Go for it. Diane, can you hear me? How does this work? See, you know what? I've got Garland on one line. And Hi. Then... Oh, hey, Diane. Okay. I just, um, it sounds like this is a 21st century, a 20th century solution to a 21st century problem. If we have hand-marked voter ballots, what would you audit them against, and how do you avoid having boxes of ballots just appear and no way to trace where they came from? That, that was why we went to electronic balloting anyway. Great question. Thank you for that. The um, first question, I think one of the issues that you're raising is how do you prevent ballot stuffing? So Georgia law requires the election officials to match the number of ballots that were cast to the number of voters voted at every level. So you can't stuff a ballot a box with in Georgia um, and then if you have to remember that the, paper, the ballot marking device is going to also print the paper as well. So there really is no difference uh, from once you scan the ballot as it goes back, that you've got the paper either way. And then you've got the law to protect you against ballot box stuffing. But great question. All right. Thank you, Diane. I'm going to try to move on to the next call, but I'm not 100% sure. How okay, so Garland, I've still got you, right? Yes. 
Okay, so now I'm going to go to Brian, who has another question. Okay, Brian, you're on with Garland and Monica and Binkley. Hi, Monica. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, as an IT person, I just wanted to know, why couldn't we use like a QR printer and then have somebody type in, let's say you, you go and you vote, you type the people you want in the vote, the machine would spit out a, a QR label like they use at UPS, and then you'd scan that into another system that would log the vote. That way you'd have a paper ballot and you also have your vote recorded. And then the second part of that I have to ask is how do we stop like dead people voting, illegal immigrants from voting? Um, I'm from Illinois and it's, we know it's up there, but nobody wants to address it. So would this help address something like that? Well, well, let me answer. I'm going to start with the first question because that's a great question that everybody needs to know. And uh, we're talking about a QR code or a barcode, which um, that is if if you're using it just to identify yourself for, for register to vote, that's one thing. But what we don't want on the ballot, we don't want votes hi hidden in these QR codes or barcodes. And because the voter didn't verify those. So so what you, we don't want a system that shows the voter one set of votes and then tabulates hidden votes that are embedded in a barcode. That's unverifiable voting all over again. We had that 16 years ago. So we think that the machines should be out, outlawed that do that, that type of of uh, barcode voting. Now, there are ballot marking devices that have no barcodes with just alignment marks, and those are okay because, as you know, being in IT, uh, you can't hide code in a mark sense bubble or an alignment mark. So yep. those are much safer, and they're not subject to security risks. So we would prefer, if you get into the what type of ballot marking to get, to get the ones that um, either have no barcode at all or do not embed the votes in the barcode. All right, you've got one minute, Garland, to address the other question. How do you deal with dead people voting or otherwise unqualified voters? Yeah, I think you're going to have that problem or potentially that problem in either system. Uh, these, the system choice doesn't really address that. That's more of a voter registration choice, but they are looking at, at new poll books as well. Um, so but I don't mean to cut you, you off, primarily but have to that, uh, that keep issue. your rolls, the voter rolls clean, um, and then you would have to rely on that law that makes sure that you can't stuff that ballot box. And that's the Secretary of State's job is to keep the voter rolls clean, or what's the story right. there? Right. Okay, right, that's, so, that's what I wanted to find out, because I, I don't want this to turn out like some other states where, oh, my God, we just found 16,000 votes in a locked room. Well, that's and, why oh, we got to count them now. And that's what I don't want to have happen here. And, Brian, I had Garland on previously during the election cycle. And the most we felt for this issue, the most important election was secretary of state. People don't think of it that hard, but he's the, you know, he's got the keys to the kingdom. I've got to take a break real quick and we're going to come back. Probably having time for another call and uh, more from Garland wrapping it up. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Okay, we only have three minutes left and I really, really, really want to get this call to action out. We've got callers asking. It's HB 316. If you want to show up 
Uh, Monday, 9 a.m., Senate Committee Room in the Coverdell Building, CLOB 307. And uh, if you can't show up, just call your state senator, call Secretary of State, the governor, uh, and ask for a fiscal note on HB 316. And I'm uh, Garland, correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct, right? That is exactly right. And, and the four key senators on this uh, subcommittee are Senator William Ligon, Senator Dean Burke, Senator Brian Strickland, and Senator Ed Harbinson. All right, great. Do you have... Uh, think we can take one or two quick quick calls sure. all right mike ants mike you're on ask your question quickly we're trying to squeeze it in go what are the criteria taken into consideration when you say that george is at the bottom voting for in other words is the number of votes or what your vote you're you're going in and out mike but we got the idea when you say george is at the bottom of is it election integrity or what what is it and uh, where'd you get that figure okay so yeah the it's it's at the bottom in ballot access according to the ballot access news which is the leading authority uh, in the country and it's also been ranked as the worst in um system reliability and recount preparedness and that is was gotten uh from free congress foundation it that study came out two years after we purchased these machines, and we haven't improved ever since. And what is ballot access? Um, that's when it's the most difficult for um, candidates to get on the ballot, third-party oh. candidates. So I we're uh, the most restrictive yeah. in the country in that as well. All right. Um, we have one minute, and I think we, you can answer Karen's question in one minute if she can ask it in 15 seconds. Hey, Karen, okay. ask your question. Okay. Okay, my question is, what is the added cost for having manpower to actually record those paper ballots? Okay, so the cost of manpower, um, if you include everything, first of all, there's no difference in the way these are handled in the back end. Each, each, the ballot marking device is going to print a, ba- a paper ballot and has its hand-marked ballot. If you, if you add up all the costs, it will be $10 million a year more to maintain all of the BMDs, the maintenance, the testing, the license fees, than it is to any uh, additional handling of the So that was an an all-in number. Garland, I'm absolutely out of time. We took it right to the red line. But I'm going to be on tomorrow from 12 to 2, and I'm going to tell people the call to action on Monday. Thank you so much, Garland. Talk to you again. Thanks, everybody. This is Monica Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.